Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's Word in our lives. Hey everyone, this is Karen Conley. Welcome to Conversations. This is our One City podcast at One City Church, where each week we take the message that was taught and bring it into a conversation. And so uh, my husband, Chris Conley, was teaching and we were focused this past week um, on week nine of our new wine series um, called Do Not Forbid It. And just kind of as a setup, if you've been following along, then this is not new news to you, but if you're just jumping in on a particular podcast, this new wine series is really the foundation of who we are as a new church, a new baby. We are setting the foundation and really wanted to start with an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And Chris, as we launch in specifically to this topic, um, any broad brush strokes that you want to add as we think about... um, just kind of laying this foundation as as a new church. Yeah, there's um, in First Corinthians chapter fourteen, there is a contrast, a compare and contrast in many ways between prophecy and uh, what is you know biblically known as tongues, or if you take the interpretation of tongues, it's called other languages. Uh, many people refer to it as a prayer language. And so what we'll be doing, or what we've already done in the message and what we'll be doing in this conversation, is really trying to, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, confusion oftentimes on this particular topic. Uh, There's been some controversy on this topic. Really, we want to simplify it. It's really about one's devotional life. It, it, it's really the the only manifestation of the Spirit and, and, and the, the gift that is really for your personal edification. Uh, whereas all the others are designed to build others up, this one is actually designed to build us up. And so hopefully in this conversation, uh, if there's any, you know, concerns, red flags, yellow flags, or, you know, I'm not sure about this, or I'm worried about this, we can alleviate all of that. And we can just look at the heart of God behind it. And we can look at the, yes, there's some mystery, but we can also see the beauty in the mystery. And we can see God's intent as to what he wants to accomplish through this. Well, and I think, you know, for us, as we're having this conversation um, for the last several years, we've been on this journey. And so coming from a background where a prayer language was not the norm, um, even from a theological perspective, not something that would have been taught as you went to seminary, um, I hope that it'll be really helpful for people because if you you grow up with what you grow up with. and And so in this journey, it's stretched us and caused us to ask questions. And I think what I've discovered along the way, and I know as we continue in the conversation you've discovered along the way, is there's so many things that we just have preconceived ideas about. And so as, if it's different than you, then it's strange. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think... Um, different is different. Different isn't wrong. And it's okay in that difference for us to begin to then 
you know, try to really get the the scriptural context, not just what others say, or or please, whatever we do, don't um, view it through the lens of people taking it out of context or misusing this use of the gifts uh, or manifestations of the spirit. But rather, it's it's okay. Different is totally okay if it's within the context of what God intended. And I think, you know, as you and I have begun this journey and now several years later, bringing it into a body of believers, one of the things that you have been very intentional to do uh, in our spiritual gifts class that we have started a, a 101 and 201 level class um, and you, if anybody knows you, they know you are heavy on research. You are a prepared person and you've been very intentional to bring a theological, biblical, what does chapter and verse say to all of this? Because as we'll see in this conversation and next week, as we talk about prophecy, um, Scripture is really clear. It's it's not confusing in Scripture of, okay, what does order look like and what, what does the Lord say about it? And so I just want to encourage any of you, if you're listening with maybe this not being a part of your journey, just to be encouraged that, wow, okay, there's other ways that are just truly to encourage us as individuals. And that's what the prayer language is. It's something for personal use. And then as we look at prophecy next week, oh, this is something to encourage us as a body. And so here are two beautiful tools that we're going to explore. And so we, before we do that, again, we'll just kind of set the scriptural foundation for just a moment. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. The stuff the Spirit does is kind of another way to translate that, For, uh, but especially that you may prophesy. And so then he, he highlights uh, and puts you know added emphasis upon prophecy. And we're going to see why here in just these next few verses. It says, For one who speaks in a tongue, meaning another language, does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. And so that's the part that's a little bit confusing to people. They're like, well, why do I do this if I don't even understand this? And we'll get to that. We'll talk more about that. But it says, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, consolation. And so again, here's this contrast that the reason why in the public gathering, Prophecy is more important and more emphasized than the prayer language is because it's understandable. Uh, it, it's speaking um, from God to men and women. It's not, you know, speaking, um, you know, uh, the, the prayer language is more about speaking uh, to God in this prayer language. And so it says one who speaks in a tongue, another language again, edifies him or herself. But one who prophesies edifies the church. He says, now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. So he's affirming a prayer language. Um, But even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, other languages, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. So I hope what you see in those first five verses of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul affirms both tongues, and prophecy. He's just giving context for where both should occur. 
the prayer language should occur more in your personal life, or it's appropriate at times if you're in close relationship with someone, you understand that person, you're kind of in a prayer meeting with that person, those kind of settings where it's it's a known entity among you. Uh, but um, most of the time, this is personal and it's private and it's it's for personal edification whereas that prophecy is more in a public setting and it's more speaking to build up others and to edify the body well and i think it's important again if you've not listened to the message please go listen to the message so we don't we're not going to repeat the whole message here within the podcast that would be redundant but it is important to realize um i think to say in the context of this that any one of these things can be taken um, to an extreme or too much importance placed on any one of them. And so I think about this in, you know, uh, in different arenas that I've walked in through time that, that people get fixed, fixated on a, a certain Bible study method or a certain um, way of studying God's word. And well, this Bible study is better than this Bible study. And we're more spiritual because we do this one. And I think the same kind of thing can be repeated in this context that people who are very familiar with um, a prayer language can accidentally um, maybe feel more spiritual than somebody who doesn't have a prayer language. So I know you mentioned this in the message, but kind of just take away some of the, the, the accidental pride issues that come in this. Can you address that for a minute as we dive into what this actually looks like? Of course, we, we never the the gifts again when we when we read First Corinthians fourteen. The first thing it said is pursue love, and and the gifts are always about unifying, never dividing. Uh, they're always about building up, never um, discouraging. You know, always encouraging, never discouraging. You know, and and so you know we never want to create a scenario where there's the haves and the have nots, and that oh, like I'm sorry, you don't have a prayer language. No, absolutely not. That there is intimacy in every expression of prayer, uh, but there is this opportunity, there is this gifting that God will give us, and and we just need to ask for it. And 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 in asking for it, you might be thinking, well, okay, you know, well. I've asked before, but then do I just wait and 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 does something just, you know, kind of appear before me? You know, when you ask for a prayer language, and, and and I've asked many times long before I ever received a prayer language, and, and I would ask something like, Lord, I mean, I don't really know about this. I'm a little uncertain about this, but like if this is what your word says, and this is a gift that you can build me up in. Then God, I want all of you. I just want, I I don't want to miss anything that you have for me that helps me become more like Christ. And so if this is of you, um, then I would ask that you give that to me. And then honestly, I had to work through a lot of filters of, you know, things that I'd heard about a prayer language or, you know, different kind of abuses or things taken out of context or just kind of different expressions of honestly sometimes what's doctrinal arrogance you know certain camps kind of define why they do or don't believe something and then they accidentally at times criticize others that that believe differently and so so for me it was a situation where you know i just had to bring it back between me and god um god you say this is available i don't have to understand everything 
This one actually has some mystery involved in it. But boy, I know life is hard. Um, I know that there are times that, you know, I just feel empty and, and, I, and I feel run down and, and I need to be built up. And so would you give me this ability to connect with you uh, through a prayer language? And, and, and really, a lot of times the way that that happens is, you know, I think sometimes um, when we pray that prayer, people have this misperception. They have this misperception of like, all of a sudden, they're going to kind of fall into a trance or something and something's going to overtake them or, you know, that they're going to, you know, speak without control. It's none of that. It's it's literally just as if you were learning another language. You don't learn a whole language and have complete fluidness in that language overnight. You learn that language kind of word by word, sometimes phrase by phrase. Um, and, and, and for me, it was a situation where, you know, um, I was, I had prayed for a prayer language before, but in this particular situation, I was kind of just having this encounter with God where he was speaking to me about some father wound issues in my life. And, and when I kind of, I went from sitting down to standing up and, and when that happened, I felt like I needed to pray. I felt like I needed to say something. And when I did, I started speaking, you know, in a phrase or a word that, that I didn't know, that I didn't understand. And honestly, it, it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. It was like, whoa, whoa, wait, you know, what is that? And, but yet at the same time, somehow or another, I, I knew it was from the Lord, but yet I was even still self-conscious about it. And so I had to uh, kind of break through the, the self-consciousness. I had to break through kind of the, you know, it, it, you know, it, even though no one else even knew, like, is this weird to me? Am I, doing something that's right, or am I doing something that's wrong? And, and so I think what happens is you pray and you ask God for a prayer language. And then you have to step into it. You just have to start saying something. And you don't even know what you're going to say, and you're definitely not going to understand what you're going to say, and who knows what it's going to sound like. You know, some prayer languages are a known human language, uh, some prayer languages are what you know maybe it's called a angelic language and and we simply don't know but there was something that the more I persisted in that prayer language and the more I began to pray I really did have a sense that this was from the Lord that there was a, a leading of his spirit and that there were things that would encourage me and build me up and then there were times that I would say, okay, Lord, well, now give me an interpretation of that. Give me an understanding of that. And, and I felt like that he would give me the ability to understand a certain point of emphasis or or he'd bring certain people to my mind or he would, you know, a kind of a, a dominant characteristic of the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts is boldness, that he would increase my boldness or he would, you know, truly, you know, take me from a place of being discouraged to encouraged. And so I just learned in my prayer language to kind of flow in and out of the prayer language back into English and then just, um, you know, grow into it just like you grow into any other relationship and any other development of a language. So I want to get really practical because some of these things it feels like in church you talk around them, but it's like, it's kind of like, oh, read your Bible and pray. Well, then everybody assumes that everybody else knows how to read the Bible and pray, but no one's actually really said, so what does that actually look like? So 
for you, you just gave this example that you were at a conference, you were, um, you know, hearing from the Lord, knew that, that he was stirring in your heart and you stood up and you opened your mouth and something foreign came out. Um, I know that that's not everybody's experience. Yes, correct. Um, and so in that way, um, I remember sitting with Sis Blanchard mm. in, um, I forget what state we were in. Uh, Columbus, Georgia. No, 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 we were in a conference. Oh, we yeah, were in San Diego. San Diego, yeah. And her just praying for me and then her just saying, okay, you just kind of have to practice it. And then I've heard other people say, oh, well, like the Lord will give you a specific phrase and then he like increases your vocabulary and you would be, so you might start with a, you know, the first time you're by yourself and you're praying and you're like, okay, this feels really weird, but I'm just going to allow my mouth to begin making some noise and I'm not sure what's going to happen, that there might be a phrase or something that he gives you. Now, me, I just honestly, there's always that wrestle. Is this me or is this God? Is this me or is this God? Is this a prayer language? Am I just supposed to keep practicing? One day, will it feel like majestic? So help somebody who's on that journey themselves, because I would be so in alignment with you. If there's something I'm missing, God, I want it. I want all the tools that I could possibly have on this earth to live this thing outright. So anything in that, and just all that verbal vomit that I just put out there of the different ways that it might look for somebody, what you might say to just guide them through that. Yeah. So, you know, when we use terminology, like you just practice it, there's a part of us that though that is accurate and, and, and there's truth in it, there's something that's a disconnect in our brain that when we think something is spiritual, we kind of think that we shouldn't have to practice it. You know, we, we can accidentally make the mistake of almost thinking like spiritual is magical and like it should just poof, just happen. But there is this sense that if you were to envision yourself as a child learning a language for the first time, that when you hear this language or you hear this phrase, maybe you hear something in your mind, right, that a, that a prayer language um, just like in a normal conversation, you and I are thinking things before we speak things. We sometimes we hear things before we speak things, and in in just like a child hears their father or mother's voice, and that's how they learn to speak is they hear that and then they imitate that. There's this sense that with a prayer language, I believe that we're we're hearing something from the Lord, and then when we go to speak it it does turn into a phrase. And, and because it is either a known language that we don't know, or it's an angelic language, that that phrase or that word that comes out, you know, we're a little bit uncertain about it. And that's why we have to, quote unquote, practice it. And we have to allow that to just grow and develop. And then as we continue to pray, um, it's one of those things that that often I have prayed, and and I see this little by little. I, I'm not someone that has seen it just you know, kind of overwhelm me. But like, okay, Lord, you know, I've been praying this particular phrase, this particular word. Uh, would you 
increase my vocabulary? Would you give me more understanding, more ways to pray in a prayer language? And in and, and some of that, even when I'm doing that, it does almost feel like or sound like, and I have to even question myself, like, am I experimenting kind of thing? But it's one of those things that that even if I am, I eventually discover what is that language and what he does want me to say. And and then honestly, another part of this that has really, I think, a way that my prayer language has increased is at times I have, you know, the, the scriptures talks about singing spiritual songs, and I've sung some in a prayer language. And, and even, you know, there's I'll have other music on in my headphones and I'll be listening and then I'll just sing along, but I'll sing along, you know, in a language I don't know. And then oftentimes I see that uh, be incorporated into my normal prayer language, that there's some aspect of that. So I do think there's a practicing I do think there's receiving specific words, specific phrases, and I do think, honestly, there's a part of it that, you know, you have to feel a little bit vulnerable. You have to feel a little bit just, okay, Lord, you know, again, this is in private. I'm not trying to accomplish anything. You know, uh, I'm only wanting more of you. So I'm going to experiment a little bit more just to do anything I possibly can to have that greater uh, connection with you in order for you to build me up so that I can be the man or woman of God you want me to be. I think the best way that I can make an association goes back to Romans 8, 26 and 27. And it says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I feel like that's my best understanding of a prayer language for me, is that there is something about me being alone with God and me coming to him with all of the burdens that I have. And through a prayer language, it's like things that I can't put words to. I feel like he's able to, that through a prayer language, it's like I'm communicating all that to him. And so, you know, I, I don't know if, if we hadn't have been on the journey that we've been on for the last few years, I think there's a part of it for me that I think the desperation of the last few years, um, put me in a place that I was willing to try and willing to say, God, I need everything that you've got. Um, and this, like, let's just live the little Christian life is, um, in its clean little box is not, there's gotta be more. And so I just want to encourage anyone, you know, if you're in a place that life is really hard, um, maybe that is going to be a way that you can find some hope and some relief, um, like, like we did. Um, yeah, I, I, I would affirm, Everything you just said. Now, I, I wish this weren't true most of the time, but we've taught many times that adults rarely learn apart from crisis and that we rarely change until it costs us too much not to change. And, and honestly, it is sometimes where we need a crisis like this that would make us vulnerable enough, hungry enough, in some ways desperate enough that we would risk feeling a little bit uncertain or a little bit weird or a little bit outside our comfort zone or outside our control and enter into something like this. And so, you know, the other day I was talking to a very good friend of ours whose mom is 
really battling uh, a life and death situation in her health. And um, she is, you know, praying for her mom with everything that she can possibly pray. And I just asked her, I said, you know, uh, do you have a prayer language yet or not? And and she had not. And I just said, you know, um, uh, this is purely just, you know, optional. It's just something that, that, you know, as you're praying, um, you know, in addition to, and it's not like these are greater prayers, it's just a way that sometimes God can even build us up. He can, he can sometimes get some of our logical aspects of our brain, like, okay, you know, if you know that your mom has, you know, this health condition and you know that she's in this particular level of danger, then it can be difficult at times for your brain to set all of that aside and continue to to have this mountain moving faith and continue to pray for healing and, and, and to pray for this obstacle to be overcome. And so sometimes I told her, I said, so that's might be where you just say, God, listen, I just want all of you. I want to be connected to you in every way possible. And in this particular moment, I realize a need just to commune with you without hindrance, without limitation, just kind of a free flow. Would you give that to me? And so, uh, and I just said, you know, then you have to kind of step into it. You have to just begin to open your mouth and begin to pray in that way. But here's the other thing I would like to say about that. While many times it does originate from a place of crisis, I have also seen great joy in my prayer language where I'm really praying in the realm of vision. I'm praying in the realm of opportunity in the in in the context of boldness and so you know I, I would I would just encourage to say just like any other language is going to communicate the lowest of the lows and the highest of the highs just like any other language is going to have the ability to go across that spectrum that the same is true in our prayer language in that it's really about this intimacy about this edification and and so um please please hear our hearts on this um we believe it's available for everyone um, if you pray and for some reason you don't feel like, you know, you received that yet, if you ever want to have a conversation with us, we're happy to have a conversation. We're happy to pray with you. We're happy to pray for you. But at the same time, I would just encourage you kind of take a baby step and just, you know, pray into one or two words, pray into one or two phrases that you don't know, and just keep trusting that. And then just ask the Lord to increase it over time. Don't put pressure on, on yourself. Don't rush it. Just allow it to be one of the ways you connect with God. Well, I hope this has been a really helpful conversation. Um, one of the things that you said in the message, I think, is probably a great way um, to end and land the plane on this particular podcast. You talked about, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen and what's the best case scenario? And to say, you know what, us being available to our Heavenly Father and saying we want more, that 
you know, what's the worst thing that could happen, you know, just in, in the sense of just like our children come to us, if they want to be in a closer relationship with us and they're trying to figure out how, wow, don't we move towards them? And so, um, the worst thing that can happen is you grow in your prayer life in other ways as you're seeking him. And the best thing that can happen is that you maybe explore and ex expand different ways that you can connect with God. So I hope this has been helpful. Thank you guys for joining us. We will look forward to being with you next time. And in the meantime, take care. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.